following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. nerds discover your geeky haven with toink.com we've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms we carry top brands from disney funko marvel and dc star wars harry potter and much much more we also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else with all these collectible goods you're definitely gonna need a bigger boat Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? All right. I'm all confused. I know. I know. Hey, but at least we had time to watch everything by doing this. True. True. <laughs> and, hey, Derek, what's the big thing we learned about on Wednesday? Details oh. is his real name, not his stage oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, that caught us both off guard. Mm. Did I grab a diet one? No. Mm. Ugh, I guess I kind of did. I, I, stopped, I had to stop at our local grocery store. I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab a Starry. Not realizing there is a little thicker black label around it that says zero sugar. Mm. Ah. Mm. Other than that, it looks exactly like the same label, and I thought I grabbed a normal Starry. So I'm dealing with this the artificial sweetener taste i've tried that it, it's weird because it's, like, it's basically the same thing as sierra mist just extra lemon um i actually like starry better than sprite and sierra mist only thing i like better than starry is seven up the uncola <laughs> sorry old commercial yeah, for seven up so much for the clear ones i i don't know i'd rather have something like a fresca lately i have been on a cherry soda kick whether it's pepsi's black cherry soda or wild cherry pepsi or cherry coke I, i've just been on a cherry kick cheer wine love cheer wine yeah love norca's strawberry cherry yeah soda oh that that one's a bomb so um check out the homepage wookieradio.net. support our affiliates like biddy boomers use code 
Weeby Geeks for 15% off your purchase at Biddy Boomers. Use code Wookie for 10% off your purchase at Rebel Sabres. Smuggler 3 for 25% off your purchase at Red Flag Workshop. And use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase at toink.com. Um, we have come up, you know, we, we have developed great friendships, partnerships with these companies, uh, and they are gracious to give us these codes. Take advantage of them, guys, everyone. Say, I mean, a little money saved is a little money saved. So please take advantage of it. It doesn't cost you more. It actually costs you less. So please, um, other than that, I don't think I have any other affiliates or partners that we need to discuss. So was that that I can remember? I think that covers everything. Uh, if you want to send us a topic idea, email us at wookieradio at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at wookie radio. So, um, Ken, you said you had a story in the show docs for tonight. Yeah. Is it, it was actually right off of starwars.com. So does this need to be something that ties in with our discussion of Mandalorian and Mandalorian? Cause it's basically just Xbox is running a really cool, um, contest in a conjunction with a Mandalorian. Okay. I really want to. I, I want to win this, but I, it'll probably never happen because I'm not that lucky. But I guess they're running a contest on Twitter. It's going to start on the 16th of March. In um, yeah, where to go? They're, Xbox is working with Lucasfilm. And they've created um some new gaming gear uh, modeled after Dinjar and Grogu in a massive one of a kind gaming station uh, modeled after Grogu's hover pram. Okay. So um. Th- They've basically taken and made a Series X Xbox with the um, Mandalorian as a skin on it. So it's got um, the or it's in the show notes. If you guys want to pull up the pictures of this, it's got the Mandalorian on that. It's got a Series S, which is a Grogu Series S. And they come with a green uh, Xbox controller that actually has like a little hoodie thing that it sits in that looks like Grogu's cloak. Oh, cool. But, um, the matching game controller, yeah, snuggles into there. Um, you can win these game controllers uh, by retweeting the official sweepstakes tweet anytime between March 1st and May 11th. Oh, wow. So I guess you got to, um, I'm not sure where you got to get it from, but um, also it says you can enter for a chance to win on um, in the U.S. by, um, yeah, you can enter the Xbox Pram XL sweepstakes through the Microsoft Rewards, which you get through on Xbox or on your um, on the PC, I believe. But one fan gets a chance to take home the ultimate gaming station, the Pram XL, modeled after Grogu's hover Pram. The adult-sized replica gives gamers an immersive experience, complete with a Grogu Series S um, console and controllers, built-in screen for streaming Mandalorian or playing through the adventures, massage cushions, cup holders, and a place to store controllers and headsets between the <coughs> between sections. Um, so it's basically a giant chair that's shaped and looks and um, set up like the hover pram, except for it's got your full gaming station and everything inside of it. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. It's that basically your own cool. personal game pod. Oh, that sounds very cool. So, cool. yeah, check them out on... Um, 
check out Xbox on Twitter and um, through the Xbox Rewards or uh, Microsoft Rewards to get it. I guess you can also, um, yeah, it, um, this is actually right on the um, news page on StarWars.com for all the actual details. They have links to everything there for all the rules and all that stuff. Well, speaking of that, uh, they also kicked off uh, Star Wars Mando Mania. Yeah, I saw that too. And for this first week, it is the uh, the Logitech G A thirty wireless headset Mandalorian edition. So uh, this is for like gaming or if you're doing Twitch or stuff like that. Uh, you could use it for podcasting. Um, it, it could be better, better options, but I mean, you can still make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, the Star Wars Grogu Tamagotchi. Uh, use the Force and Silicone Case Set by Bandai. This looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this this Toink uh, yet. What's that? I keep, I keep looking. It's not on Toink yet. <laughs> I know. Um, this is The Way Life Planner by Aaron Codron. Uh Aaron Condren's best-selling planners uh, meets the Mandalorian in stylish design. Now, I gotta say, this one's great, but it's a mistake by StarWars.com on this. Grogu Impram Biddy Boomer's Bluetooth Speaker by Fabrique. Fabrique? Actually, Fabrique is the parent company of Biddy Boomers. Uh, But it should be Grogu and Pram Biddy Boomer Bluetooth speaker or Bluetooth speaker by Biddy Boomers. Yeah. This is confusing. But it is the new one and it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, if you play Disney Emoji Blitz, uh, the new event just started. Uh, will run through March 6th, basically through this weekend. So Potentially by the time this airs, it's done. Uh, but you have a chance of playing the Mandalorian and um, the uh, Moff Gideon villain event. And you, if you get far enough, you can earn the newest emoji, Bo-Katan. Cool. So. Well, her her bandos may not want her anymore, but everybody else still wants her. Oh, yeah. Still love Bo-Katan. The Mandalorian still wants her. He he want well. We'll get into that. Yeah, well, no, we'll, we'll get we'll we'll get into that here in a bit. Um, so which we got the new season of Mandalorian. We have a new episode of the Bad Batch. Where would you guys like to start first? I'm telling you, folks, this beats speed of flights to Endor any day. Okay, J7, as usual, chiming in out of nowhere. Probably start with Bad Batch, because we'll probably get through that faster, and then we'll okay. actually jump into all the Mandalorian. So I got to change my notes over to my Bad Batch notes. <laughs> yeah, I actually have like two pages in my journal book that I have. I actually found it. It's one that I got at, at the parks. I don't know if y'all can see it well. Probably nope. not. Not at all. It's because I had a background on for the other night, like I usually do for our guests. But anyway, it's a fun little journal book. And on the inside, uh, and it came with the pen. The pen's got the blueprint vibe. But on the inside, it's got a different lightsaber on a different page. Yeah, you know, section of pages will be different lightsabers. Nice. And it's almost like a graph paper look. It, it, it's, it's a nice book. Uh, 
and I decided I'm going to start using this for for information that I, I need to write down for show discussions. So um, we're going to do our first mission debrief about the Bad Batch. Uh, this week's episode is called Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Uh, season two, episode eleven. See, I, I've gotten a little more detailed about I'm taking this a little more seriously, guys. Wow. And we do get the first of the um, two returning giant creatures for the week. Yes. I, I think J7 has something to say about me getting a little bit more serious. I don't know, fellas. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no, the bad feeling is the fact that I grabbed a zero shirt or starry and not a regular starry. Um, so, Bad Batch starts off almost with a, a slight alien vibe in the beginning. I was getting that through this whole episode. Every time, everywhere oh, on the oh, ship, yeah. it felt like alien. It was straight up the whole time. Yeah, it, it was great. I was almost wondering, when he was first looking through there, did you think they were going to put a Rathtar in there? No. <laughs> no. I almost thought that because, like, you know what? Because that's kind of like what we had to deal with in Force Awakens. Was the way they, they were doing this in the ship. Other than, I mean, this was straight up a um, homage to Alien, but... Mm. Well, when I saw the commando, of course, at this point in time, we have to say Imperial Commando. Yeah. Even though it's it's still... A cl- they're still clones. Even though it's still the clone commandos. It's the old yeah. Republic commandos. That's their armor, isn't it? That's their space armor? No. It's, it's the, that's the normal commando armor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's like, that's what the only thing they did different... And, of course, we get Scorch in this episode, and we'll discuss that later, who uh, makes a second appearance. So it, it brings the Republic, the characters of the Republic Commando game canon. Um, but Scorch still has his, his paint job. So I'm assuming he has been elevated to, like, a leader of some sort of the group, because we don't know a title for him yet. That hasn't been discussed in the two episodes he's been in, this one and the episode from uh from season one but all the others are all white the typical imperial all white mm-hmm. so seeing this i'm like ooh, okay like we said alien vibe i wasn't expecting this particular creature i wasn't expecting a rathtar either i would i was almost expecting something from the actual video game one of those Geonosian based creatures in the video game. Yeah. But we see the ship crash. We see everything going on. The final commando get killed. And then we cut to, um, I don't even think they identify the planet. Is it, are they on Coruscant? No, they're not on Coruscant. No, uh, they never, yeah, they never actually say it's somewhere, um, close to, um, Tantus though. Yeah. Because they crash on the way to there. So we see Dr. Hemlock, and was that his name? That was his name. Okay. See, I told you, I got more serious about this this time. I yeah. took notes. <laughs> I could have swore I, um, it was possibly, I, I don't think we've ever seen this doctor, but I was thinking it was someone we knew by the way they were showing him and stuff. Yeah, it felt like it was supposed to be somebody familiar, but I didn't recognize it. I couldn't I remember. We bring in Pershing or something. Um, Same program Pershing's working with. Yeah. So I thought it was just me, but no. Years different, but I mean, he's out of. I mean, he's out of the same group that, of course, um, oh, Urso worked 
out of uh, the special projects group. Yeah, but this is a totally different section of it because this right. is the. Uh, it's the. Clo- it's know, the. They never said it, but this is the cloning division. It's the cloning right. division, exactly. About that, yeah. Yeah, because it's the same. Pa- I mean, they use the same patch as Urso's group did with the Death Star, mm-hmm. uh, and um, Krennic, Krennic's group, and yeah, because we because the because huh? we also see the same patch in the first season of Mandalorian with that cloner that worked for yeah, the client. That one was Doctor Person, Person. Was the yeah mm-hmm. from Off of Gideon. So, um. But he goes. See, um, Tan, or I think they're just calling the whole planet Tantus now instead of Wayland. I think so. But I was excited to see that because it's like, dude, old school Star Wars fans from the old EU know exactly what this place is. Yeah, we saw it at the end of the first season, but still, it was great to see that we're going to be doing more of it. We're finally actually moving into something that's going to be actual affecting the um, world of Star Wars. Right. Well, I I will tell you. Um, my initial thoughts when, when they talked, you know, we, we see the first scene or first sequence, and then we go to Hemlock talking with, uh, Nalasi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she says she refuses to, to help the empire after the destruct, after they des- destroyed Camino. Um, and, you know, there, there's the comment thrown around of, you know, the em- the emperor needs your help, and she makes a comment along the lines of, "I know what the emperor's plans are." And then Hemlock comes back and goes, "Ah, but he started this before he became the emperor." And we all know that from watching Star Wars and knowing who Palpatine is. So, this is the tease of the beginning of the Emperor's clones, which is what I I thought. Okay, is there an emperor clone on that ship? And then my Next immediate thought was, are we going to be introduced to Starkiller? <laughs> and then they went a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is, um, there's another homage in this kind of, sort of. Yeah. Because um, the, the Zilla Beast itself is a kaiju. Mm-hmm. It's a Godzilla, King Kong style kaiju. But the way they did it here, you, you can't tell that's the Zilla Beast until it starts growing. Yeah. But did you guys see what was it about 10 years ago? Maybe the, um, the newest Godzilla movie was put out with Shin Godzilla. You guys ever see that one? Yep. Yep. So you know where I'm going with this, don't you, Derek? Mm-hmm. You start off with like this little embryonic yep. thing that's fl- going around and eventually evolves into Godzilla. Yeah. Growing and stuff. Oh yeah. That's what they did with the Zilla beast in this. Oh yeah. Which was a weird way to take Godzilla, but that's just the way they decided to do with it. Yeah, I know <laughs> it was weird. Um, well, from here we cut to Sid talking to the Bad Batch, and of course, this ship going down is apparently in the underworld made major noise because Sid wants her piece of it. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is that they're acknowledging that the Bad Batch is getting as annoyed with Sid as everybody else is. Yeah, All those yeah. Are. yeah. They're done with her also. They just got to figure out how, how they want to get out of it without ruffling too many feathers. Right, and I think I think it's funny too. Omega's the one who's the most done with her. Yeah, at this point in time. Have you noticed more and more this season? Omega's calling the shots. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're, but they're almost letting her too because they acknowledge that she's elder. Technically, what you got, Derek? I don't know if they acknowledge that she's elder, but 
I think they acknowledge that she's she's not a, a, the little kid that they thought she was. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, um, she's actually a member of the squad. Mm, I was going to say, um, even Tech pointed out that um, Sid knows too much about them now, too. So that's a problem they'll have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we we then get to the planet that the ship has crashed on. The, they're examining the ship and they come find the, the lab that was on the ship. And Omega makes a point of she recognizes it as being Kaminoan 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 tech. No matter how many times I hear them say that, I, I, I still have trouble with that. Uh, but the tech is different from what she saw in Tapioca City. <laughs> I almost said Tapioca. <laughs> I was going to say. I said, there's no I in the middle of it. It's just Topoca City, I believe. Okay, Topoca yeah. City. I, I was in a rush writing this down. <laughs> um, but you just dessert. Uh, and then, as as we just talked about, you know, we we talked about um, the creature feeds on energy and it is its main source of growth and turns into the the, the little monster. It's so fun to see little bees back. So to see to see this, where cloning wise is the energy that causes the growth. Uh, as you said, I think it was a a great tribute to the the Shin Godzilla. A nice Easter egg towards the Shin Godzilla films with this particular Zilla beast. Um, and of course, the group working with the cloners are Imperial Commandos, which makes me wonder: Do they become the Death Troopers? I don't know. It depends on if the Empire keeps cl- starts cloning them themselves. Well, if these are themselves, all the clones are getting older. Right, they're not getting any younger. And right. they remember, they're still rapid aging ra- at a rapid, ah, a more rapid speed than normal. Right. But remember, too, the Death Troopers, we don't know their backstory. Yeah. We know they were engineered. So why would, if the commandos were, and these are supposedly the best of the best of the Imperial troops, just like the commandos, why wouldn't they, why couldn't they have been the originally Imperial, you know, the clone commandos? turned into death troopers. I don't see why they would do that though. Yeah. They're very, the empire right now is you, it, it appears to be very much um, trying to phase out anything clone. Right. Right. But in the troopers, but, but that's the, that's the empire. I say the death troopers, you could still use stormtroopers and just brainwash them even more than normal. Right. But we're talking the empire as a whole, but if this group, the ISB, they've never said the ISB is in charge of this. Or not ISB. Um, this particular group that not, with the clone <laughs> that used the cloners badge that used um, yeah special projects group special projects group. If they treasured the clones and this was their way of keeping them alive outside of their aging it would make sense that they were genetically alter the clones into the death troopers. Like I said, that depends on if they're continuing to clone them. Yeah, they would well, have to. Well, no, I think they're just taking what's left because I don't think there's a large number of Imperial commandos out there anymore. And I think whatever, because we didn't see a lot of death troopers. We small, we saw small groups. Thrawn had some Gideon had some at the end. That's what I, the, but that's we did. 
making me think it's not clones. Yeah. Because Moff Gideon is like, what, 25 years after this? Yeah, there's no way. The um, youngest of the clones is at full size already at the end of, um, if, if you, we think at this point when Topoka City is destroyed, that's the end of the cloning right. for troopers. So you got 25 years after that, and they're still, um, they would still be actually um, at the age to be able to be a soldier still. That's why I, I said they, they've been, way too old. they have been yeah. engineered into the death troopers. Cause if you think about it, you don't recognize, you don't recognize what they're saying until rebels. And it was, that was more for the sake of rebels than it was continuity of the character. I don't, I don't know. We would have to see where they're going with this. Yeah. I, it, was, it was just, it was just a I thought. Don't, I don't think the Emperor is going to be focusing on other people, cloning actual troopers and stuff. No, he's interested in keeping himself alive. Right. But I don't, I don't think the commandos are being cloned. I think it's, they're the ones being used as the basis of that. The, the clone commandos may be reanimated into the death trooper, that the death know. troopers are the former or what we're seeing now as the clone commandos, that they're all still clones, but they, they have been re-engineered and, and modified into the death trooper. Now, I think they would need a whole lot of um, explanation for that. Right. But yeah. it, it was just a brain thought I that think, I had. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go that way with it because it would take so much explanation of exactly how this happened. Right. For, for me, I, it was like it was, the reason why behind the thought is right now we're seeing with this group, with the cloners and whatnot, all the clone commandos. Then all of a sudden, right before Rogue One, so within this 10 year gap, it switches to death troopers. And, 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 because they uh, switched over to the stormtroopers. Right. Again, it was just a, a, a crazy thought yeah. that I had. Um, and again, we get the second appearance of Scorch. And of course, uh, Hemlock asked Scorch about the uh, the prime minister. They said, yes, he's or the other prisoner who is the prime minister. They said, yeah. And he said, yeah, that he's being brought in from Coruscant. Um, and, and I found it interesting the the talk between Hemlock and the prime minister. Um, of course, the prime minister is going, look. I got information that could help you and I'll give it to you. If you promise me my freedom mm-hmm. and Hemlock kind of flip flops them a little bit because the prime minister still kind of puts it out there and basically tells the doctor that without mentioning her name, Omega is the key in controlling Nala C. Well, all of us know, know that because there's only one female clone that we've ever heard of. Right. Right. Hey, there's this female clone you got to find. Yeah. The Empire, as far as we know, has, has, has no idea who she is or that she even existed. Right. You got to remember, as far as the Empire is concerned, the Bad Batch has died on Camino. Uh-huh. Right. So they're dead, and they'd never even heard of um, Omega. Right. I mean, it's making things interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Definitely enjoying the direction we're we're going with the second half of the season. It's starting to come together a little more, but yeah. that's what we said it probably would because there's only this was episode what ten you said eleven eleven so we got five more episodes. Yep. So they got five episodes to basically tie it all together and figure out why what what was the whole purpose of the season. Yeah, but you know it having less um less of standalone episodes that are standing out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, 
Well, it, it, it's like a uh, hunter once said, I love when the plan comes together. I wonder where you heard that from. No, it's totally different show. <laughs> anyway. Um, so what y'all's take of this episode, enjoy it, not enjoy it. I enjoy it. <clears throat> I, I put it on one of the, uh, one of the top episodes of the season so far. Yeah. It had some very interesting, um, not sure what the word I'm looking for is. It has some interesting little tidbits going into the future episodes and everything in the future. Quite a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. And it had some interesting things there. Yeah. I mean, to to have the, the, the two episode arc that we had previously just to kind of help transition from one major plot line to another was fine. Uh, if this is how the new plot line is starting off, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, cause I'm, I'm just from this episode, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this, this plot line. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the, um, the last five episodes here are probably going to, um, all tie together because it, for, as far as we know, this is the end of bad batch. We did, we don't, we've not heard about another season. Right. And three seasons is pretty good for a Disney show. Right. Especially for a Disney cartoon show. I, I don't see them going very much farther with Bad Batch. I'm I'm fully expecting yeah. at, I'm fully expecting at this point we're gonna get um we're gonna see the the cloning plan of the Emperor. I would not be surprised if we also end up potentially seeing Star Killer or the Star Killer clones because that was Vader's project. That's, but as of right now, those games are not canon anymore. Yeah. Right. So Starkiller doesn't exist in Star Wars as far as anything is concerned. But I do think what we will get an Easter egg somehow of a little long-eared creature in a pod somewhere. Possibly. Stasis or something. It'll be it'll just be in the background. It'll be like the last episode. And you'll see that Grogu is there in the um, complex somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know that you know, as Story Group has said, just because something wasn't isn't canon now doesn't mean it can't be inspired to be brought yeah. into canon. True. So but the the whole Star Killer concept maybe I don't that's feel like they would. Yeah, I don't think that one's coming gonna be put in because bringing um well I mean they just have to rewrite the story, but Star Killer is what led to the the Inquisitors because we haven't seen the start of the Inquisitors yet in this time period. Maybe yeah, he maybe already that most of I mean not all of them but most of them were fallen Jedi right and they're still searching for the Jedi right so well, they're still searching for the Jedi all the way through the end of the Empire right but the, I, 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 the trilogy there's Inquisitors out there somewhere right but right now since we're dealing with the cloning maybe it's you know again what if the Starkiller project was a was supposed to be the original Inquisitor project, and for whatever reason it failed, thus going to plan B, which was the fallen Jedi, giving them the option to change over to the dark side and, and serve Vader. I don't know. I just, for some reason, I just don't feel like they're going to bring back Starkiller. Yeah. It's a cool idea, but I, yeah, I don't see Star, them doing the um, Starkiller. Okay. Especially since they already stole, they already stole the um, the signature scene and put it into Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, I mean, it would be interesting to see to see him, but I, I just I don't feel like they're going to. Yeah. So, um, let's get into Mandalorian. It's been what three years since we last saw the Mandalorian. <laughs> well, the nice thing is since the actual episodes of Mandalorian, something like that. But with little teases here and there and having little parts like in the Book of Boba Fett and stuff, it hasn't felt that long. Yeah. Right. I think it's only been two years. Yeah. So who wants to start us off on this one? I know I had a whole lot of I had a fun. I enjoyed this whole episode. But after watching it a second time, I did finally come to realize that um, there was a whole lot of extra exposition in this that really wasn't needed since it was, it was like. Trying to catch everybody up just in case you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, my wife and I watched Mandalorian because she likes the Mandalorian, but she she didn't have any interest in the Book of Boba Fett for whatever reason. So I had to tell her about how Mando got his new ship and how he got Grogu back and everything. Yeah. I, I thought he got a ship at the end of the um, second season of... No, he got it in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I was right there with you, Ken. Yeah, I don't know why you guys thought that. Built, it's all one. It well, it's Fett, all but... one world, so yeah. it's all one story. It's just what name you put on it. Because we're not smart men. No, it's just weird. It was one of the best opens of a show I've seen in a very long time. Yes, because you started and you're and for a while. Did you guys um, were you guys fooled a little bit to think that maybe that was Din Djarin sitting in the water and it was a flashback? Yes. Yeah, for a brief second. And then, and then, and then, and then when she started, and then when she started painting the helmet, I'm like, wait, no, this is this can't this can't be right. It's the paint the paint job on the helmet threw me off. See, well, the, the first the first moment when they first showed him, I was like. The kid in the water, I was like, wait a minute, that's not Boba Fett, is it? No, because of how, how he looked when he was young. Yeah. But um, then I thought, wait, is it is it is it Mando? And I'm like, oh, no, OK, it's not. Well, I thought it was until um, he comes through and attacks that giant uh, right. turtle crocodile. In the ship, yeah. In his ship. I did, too. I was like, is this Mando? Because the way the kid was acting, running out there, getting in the, right in the middle of the fight and stuff, I was like, dude, that's all stuff that Din Djarin would have probably done. Right. But you do get to open up seeing um, how you induct the foundling into the watch. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. And um, th- But that's, the scenes with the armor there were just rehashing what we saw in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, this is what happened. Nope, you got to go do this. Mm-hmm. But I, I did find it interesting, though, um, where... Din Djarin, it's like, look, there's a loophole here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm, nope. Yeah. Sorry. Nice try. But no loophole. This is the way it is. I'm actually kind of surprised that after learning what he's learned with the other Mandalorians, that he's still so fixated on it. Yeah, this, this did feel like a step back after what we saw in the season two. Yeah, he's working with these other Mandalorians. He knows they're Mandalorian. They're actually they were born on Mandalore, right? And yet, no. The only way to be a Mandalorian is to never take off your helmet again. But then again, he was since he was a child, he was brainwashed into this is the only way. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I think I thought of of why he was still 
so deep in it. So it could be just a realizing you know these people feel, think they're Mandalorians, but I I know better. Mm. So, but um, yeah. What once we left there, and um, is it me or is Navarro a totally different planet now? Not just a, um, they've cleaned up. I know. Right? Oh, I because wasn't that in the middle of the desert to start with? Yeah, and now well, it's this lush oasis. <laughs> okay, but before we get there. Let's talk about the hyperspace sequence going to Navarro. Is it me or is it really cool that um, before we get into what was outside, we're talking about the inside of the ship, that there's actually a little like tunnel or something that Groku can climb <laughs> from his pod down to climb into Din Djarin's lap. And they just tell me that wasn't the cutest thing in the world, him cuddled up there so they could just relax and sleep yeah. in hyperspace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, yep, I got to curl up into his arms and go to sleep. <laughs> but he's got that little tunnel or whatever that he can climb from his pod up into the cockpit. I like that too because you could tell when he when he um, when he did that and he climbed into Tormando's arms, you could tell that he felt safe and comfortable there. Yeah, but the other one was the second of the two giant beasts that are returning to Star Wars this week. We actually saw Pergils on a live. I mean, they, they were animated, but they were on a live action show. Yeah, flying hyperspace right beside them. Yeah, and we also we didn't really see them like fully see them, but we saw like <clears throat> we saw them through the hyperspace. Yeah, we saw the shadows out there. Yeah, you know what? Anybody who's watched Star Wars enough knows exactly what those were. Oh yeah, yeah. I it's funny we were talking about this before show. I totally missed. I don't know how you missed that because yeah. because I got distracted somewhere. <laughs> So I wasn't focused. I wasn't as focused. But when I watched back the second time, I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> cool." That's great because we know we're gonna probably we may see more of them on in Ahsoka. Yeah, we might. Yes, certainly. And, well, yeah, I imagine we probably would. And of course, another little Easter egg: the Halcyon is the engine configuration is inspired by. The Purgles, hence why it's a Purgle class Star Cruiser. Okay. Just a, a little trivia that I could give out that ties back to the Purgles as well. Cool. Um, it, and it's actually the, one of the um, first times we see on the show that uh, Grogu is using the Force a whole lot more. Without even thinking, he's just using it to play around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Having a good time with it. Oh, yeah. Well, he did get a little bit of training, so he knows. Yeah. I think he probably understands it a little more now. Well, he was also a youngling in the temple back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the one that was in uh, Grogu in this whole episode looked fantastic to me. The only time it looked a little weird was um, when Mando's walking around and Grogu's walking beside him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, Grogu, his legs that small, he wouldn't be walking. No, right. He'd have to run to keep up. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only time they have him walking is actually when he's coming through the cave and going to see the armor. Yeah. All the rest of the time he's flying his pram and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why in uh season two, when he was with Luke, Luke had to keep picking him up with the force to move him forward. Yeah. So, uh, so we get to Navarro and we now see high magistrate. Grief <laughs> Karga. Yes. <laughs> He makes it very well known as Javier oh, yeah. Magistrate. I did like any times. Well, I love the effect when he walked down the steps, you hear the thump, 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 thump of the two droids carrying his cape. Yes. Down the yeah. 
But like I said, if you look at Navarro, the architecture is still there, but this is a totally different planet. Yeah, I know. Where did they find all the water? Because it looked like a desert, like a Tatooine-style planet when it was when it was just well, a small style post and the uh, stuff. Grief did mention that a lot of um, a lot of people moved in and were building the area and everything, so they could have um, built you know like man-made water and or, water or, areas and such. Or they could have tapped into the uh, the underground water system, river Probably. system. Like we, we saw used uh, when IG-11 sacrificed himself. That was a lava river, remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, that too. <laughs> I well, doubt they're finding any water there. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but also, how long has Mando been gone? This looks like it's been like 10 years. I know, right? To get that lush and that green. And it's like, you, you would think this is, he's only been gone a couple of months. I don't know. I, I don't know. Would it, That's real would it be... Would it be a couple months? Because, you know, last time we saw the armor, they were on another planet, not the planet they're on now. It's on that ring thing. On the wheel, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were kind of scattered a bit. And they were, they were, as Derek just said, they were scattered. So, you know, they're trying to find others. This looks like they've been there a while mm. under this new group. So, I mean, who who knows how long... It's still Grogu and and less. and Din Djarin stayed with Boba after the events of Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it's less than a year, year and a half, which Possibly. is still a lot. It's um, hard to tell for sure. Yeah. I would think to get that desert to look the way it does in this, you need at least five to ten years. <sighs> yeah, I would. To turn a desert green. Yeah, and make it look natural. And if you look, the whole planet looked like that, not just around the um, the city in the port. When you fly through the planet, there's a lot of green and blue on that planet. Whereas before, just about the whole planet looked like it was desert. So I mean, it's I'm it's beautiful. I love the change on it, but it's just one of those. Wait a minute, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're like what? <laughs> it's the Genesis you know project that didn't happen overnight. It was, mm-hmm. the, gen- it was the Genesis project. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> wrong franchise. Well, I, well I, I do like, though, as soon as Mando landed, Grief Karga comes to find him. And Grief Karga very much has a Lando feel about him. I'm sorry. Yeah. High magistrate Grief Karga. Yeah. High magistrate. <laughs> and um, tell me it doesn't feel like uh, Baroness Administrator Lando Calrissian. Yeah. 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 And he's definitely trying to sell something as soon as he sees Mando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like immediately he's trying to sell him on something. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's funny. It's funny. You know, they they talk about how you know he's a a um, apostate from the from the Mandalorians or the cult, children of the follower, um, or children of the watch. But he goes, "Won't you be my marshal?" And he's like, "Well, what happened to Marshal Dune?" I love that. You know, like a three three sentence thing. Mm-hmm. They explain away that she's not going to be there. She's done, but she's not dead. So they're right. still open. They can do something. Yeah. I do kind of like that, that they didn't kill her off. And they didn't just ignore that she was there. She was, right. she was recruited by the special forces after turning in Gideon. Cool. Yep. And now we know Gideon is dealing with the high tribunal for his war crimes. Yes. Until yeah. someone decides they, they don't want him there and he gets like rescued and puts right. somewhere else. 
Right. Yeah. So that the moment he is. So grief finally asks, well, what are you wanting? <laughs> and Mando's like, I want IG 11. Mm. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, that was fantastic. I'm like, wait a minute. It's like the only droid I, per- I um, trust is like, Mando, you know what happened to IG 11, right? <laughs> Self-destruction. He exploded in a river of lava. <laughs> He's a statue now. But it's his parts, right? Yeah. Cool. I want him. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Of, of course. Who do we see? Hold on. Got, yes. I can never. I, I didn't even remember their name, the name of that species before. I don't know if I've ever heard it before, but it sounds like familiar, the word. I I have heard it um, because it's referenced with, um, you know, Anzellans are, are typically droid smiths, but it was uh, an Anzellan engineer named Shug Drabor who designed the Halcyon during that same era of the High Republic. So, and, and just like, you know, we see, well, it's the Anzellans. They could help you with, and, and you see the small little door in the wall. It's the same thing on the Star Cruiser. We're on the stairwells. There's a small little door that was Shug's, Shug's room on the ship. Mm. Like, okay. First time I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's a mouse droid port. And then I looked down like, uh, no, it's uh, Shrug, it's Shug's room. Okay, cool. So, um, but apparently with the Anzellans, this was the original idea was this was the species that was behind, uh, that was being used to repair star destroyers because of their small size. They were able to get into mm. uh, different things. I said, you need a whole lot of them to work on a star destroyer. Yeah. That's, well, that was just... yeah. well, we don't, we don't know exactly how many exist. I will say, um, yeah, but you're talking like, um, I will say that I love the part where, uh, where they were working on IG 11 and, and they were talking and, and grief had to translate from Mando. But after a while, Mando was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> It takes like half a second, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can't understand what he's saying because there's a bunch of gibberish in there, but he's saying actual words also. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the, after he's like, okay, I got it, comes the next line. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what <are> they <laughs> so it's Because he's you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and also this, uh, the best, when the first time you see them, the look, they, are, they do so great with Grogu because the look on Grogu's face when the first time he spots these little guys, he's like, oh, they're toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have new toys. Yeah. Um, and then at this point in time, we're, we're just just past the we're like almost hitting the final final quarter of the episode, final third of the episode. Because before we even see the um, Ancelans and stuff, some random pirates decide to show up. Yes. And they're trying to break into the school to get a drink. <laughs> yeah. These guys were kind of cool. I find yeah, that school weird, there. Um, we're still pushing that I want to drink here. And that when Greece like, hey, come back to my office. We'll have a drink and we'll have a good time. Yeah. It's like a drink's a drink. <laughs> yep. But. And of course, Mando's sitting there and doing exactly what a marshal would do. That was, he was he was taking the Wild West marshal approach on this one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Before he even knew that they wanted that grief wanted him to be a marshal. 
Because remember, Grief hadn't even asked him about that yet. Right. When we got to that point. But they shoot down the pirates, and then um, when they, when he's leaving and they actually have the space battle with the pirates, is it me or was there something about those pirate ships that in the angles or in the design, something that reminded me of the Buck Rogers ships from the um, late yes. yeah. TV series? Yes. They, yeah, they looked very similar to Starfighters. Yeah, the Buck Rogers Starfighters. Yeah. Had like the two the two pods coming straight down off of them. The the engines were different. The length was different. Right. But the angles and stuff you could tell it was came from the same inspiration, which makes sense because both Battlestar and um and um Buck Rogers took a lot of design aesthetics and things from Star Wars. Right. Like a lot of the not, the concepts that were not used in Star Wars were actually recycled into those two shows because you had um, John Dykstra and some of the guys that worked on Star Wars were working these shows also. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a lot of stuff from Star Wars that didn't make it into the original that ended up in those two shows. Right. The starfighters in there were originally Star Wars starfighters. Mm. So it's cool to see them come back into Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So it is great to see that N1 starfighter and what he Mando can do with it. <laughs> yes. Six on one is nothing for him. No. Now, that, that was uh, that was some great dog fighting. Yeah. But then again, going up against the giant cruiser with Swamp Thing at the helm. Was, <laughs> that was that was that was the cool. Brother of Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. That was if Davy Jones and Swamp Thing had a child. Oh. <laughs> Mix in a little bit of Man Thing, and you're all good there. <laughs> yep. Um. I wonder if we'll see more of him. I kind of hope so. It's one of those characters I think that could just sit out on the. It'd be like a. Um, he may be actually their. Um, their Hondo. That's yeah. I was thinking. A little ways down the road, out of nowhere, he just appears out of nowhere. Right. Remember you? Yeah. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting. That leads into the final location, which um, it's weird that he leaves there. He's got to find a part for IG Eleven, and he goes to see Pocatan. I thought he would go somewhere to start getting the parts. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, of course, she is residing on a planet called Calamara, mm-hmm. which is part of the Mandalorian system. Yeah. Not Mon Calamara, totally different planet, but kind of similar. And I think the planet is actually Mon Cala, is the for the Mon Calamari. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that's where uh, the squid face is in Mon Calamari. The corn and the Mon Cala. Yep. Um, but we see Bo Katan. One of the. One of the um, one of the um, pirates that gets gunned down, wasn't there a quarantine in one of those? The ones that were in the street? There's I one think that so. looks similar. Yes. Else. yes, there was. It was the, fantastic the, because um, in Star Wars in general, since the Disney took over, you, we've seen the, less of the aliens we recognize. But the first alien you see walking down the street in Navarro was a Moncala. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I recognize him. Then you get a tree full of monkey lizards. You're like, okay, these are Star Wars characters finally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's Bo-Katan sulking in her throne. In her castle. In her castle. But she, and when he says he's come to to be with her, you know, join her, join her group, she's like, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. I'm like, why? Well, they're off being mercenaries because I came back without the saber. They're expecting her to be the um, leader of the Mandalorians. And then he goes, and then she turns around. You still have the dark saber? Well, turn it on and flash it around 
they'll follow you, meaning they'll they'll follow blind. It's it's the saber they respect, not the person. Um, but she makes an interesting comment that it, it was the cult that gave up a Mandalore before the purge. Mm. That yeah, they, the the children the children of the watch and um in the factions before uh, fractured the people before the purge happened, which we saw during. Um or when we see the, all the Death Watch story stuff from the Clone Wars. Right. It basically mm-hmm. caused a Mandalorian civil war. Yeah. And we still kind of see that uh, at the end of the Clone Wars with when Maul took over, you know, yeah, Death Watch. the Death Watch groups. Which makes sense why the armorer's helmet has the horns. Mm-hmm. She was one of the Maul Death Watch people. Uh, and if I remember right, a couple of her other uh, Mandalorians that are there from the original Culvert crew had some of the horns also. But the que- uh, yes, I did see a couple. Yeah. But the question is, is, is the children in the watch, are they true Mandalore Mandalorians or are they all foundlings? Well, that's, that's a good question. I remember when the, when this show first started, we had this long discussion about all this, about how the fact that it is like, are they blood Mandalorians or religious Mandalorians. At this point, they're a cult. They're religious. It'd fall into a religious Mandalorian. Right. They've chosen to be Mandalorian. Whereas Bo-Katan and her people were all actually born on Mandalore. They are racially Mandalorian. But yet are not acknowledged by the, well, by the, um, this sect. By the, right. The rest of the universe, they don't make a distinction. Mandalorian's Mandalorian. You're wearing the armor, you're a Mandalorian. Right. I think actually setting that up, this pointing out that there's still the two sides at the beginning of this season. I'm going to make a prediction now that by the end of the season, Din Djarin using the dark saber is going to reunite the Mandalorian people. Spoiler well, alert. Yeah. Well, it's a <laughs> wild prediction. So I'm telling you this whole thing stinks like Dianoga poo. That was me. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I found it interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Um, that, like I said, there was a couple things that were a little disjointed. Like the, the last part with Bo-Katan seemed like it, that wasn't the spot it was supposed to be at, maybe. Right. Mm. They just wanted to make sure they put it on this episode because it really is an offshoot of where he was actually, what it, they set up. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost feels like it should have been two or three episodes in, but they wanted to get her in early. Well, I think they needed to help drive the point of um, the the cult. The, the children in the watch are are more of a cult. Into you could go to Mandalore, but everything you've heard is magical. It's not magical. There's no magical properties to it. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the difference. Like I said, between a blood born Mandalorian or a religion Mandalorian. Right. Right. So. Because we actually equated it, um, and I, I think I get a, we get away with it because um, just because it, it is a, the right parallel of a blood-born Jewish person or a religious Jewish person that has chosen the religion of Judaism. Uh, yeah, we, because we, there are a lot of people that it's different depending the, on which way they go. The comparison we I think we that I used was uh, Jew, the Jewish people. Um, versus Jews for Jesus. 
which is an actual group there yeah. in Jews for Jesus. They, they claim to be Jewish, but they acknowledge that um, Jesus was the Messiah that came, but mm-hmm. they don't, but they, they don't, they follow the teachings of Jesus, but they don't follow the new Testament. It, it, okay. it's, it's so weird how it's done, but they're not Jewish. Jews for Jesus are not Jewish. They're Christians. um, I've known uh, um, a couple of Jewish um, people and families that are the most secular scientific people in the world, but they follow all the traditions because that's just what they live as a cultural tradition, not a religious thing. I was going to say, you you do a podcast with someone who's Jewish. I know. Well, I wasn't practicing, participating, but not practicing. Well, practicing but not participating. Sorry, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes, because yes, yes. The few religions in the world that are recognized as a race, also. Yes, I believe the only there's, only religion in the world yeah. that's recognized as a race. So it's so there's many many Jews that racially identify as a Jewish and don't have anything to do with the religious side of it. Yeah. And there's thousands of people that um, are Jew religiously, but are not racially as a Jew at all. And that's basically what we have with the Mandalorians and Star Wars at this point is what it looks like. Yeah. I think. Am I on the right track, Mike? <laughs> you got quiet all of a sudden. I was trying does to follow. Make sense? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a little it's getting a little it gets a little confusing, but yeah. the 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 anal- if you I think that's because we don't know all the details. Yeah. If you if you use the analogy of Judaism and Jews for Jesus, then yes, or Christianity and Jehovah Witness, or Christianity and and Mormons. Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are they're Christian, but it's totally different than your normal Christian religions. More Mormons and and uh, well, actually, no. Let's let's go one different. Um, Christianity and Scientology. No, that's that's, no, that's a, yeah, that's a Scientology has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. Well, it's not even based in the start right same place to start with. Yeah, it's not. It's a completely different thing. But the so, okay. but yeah, I think I'm still making the prediction that I think. Um, Din Djarin, using the dark saber is going to reunite the Mandalorian people by the end of this season. I, I think so. I can totally see that. That why else would they shoehorn? Because this that final scene to me felt shoehorned into this episode. Because he's got a new quest. The new quest is to find parts for IG eighty or IG eleven, so he can go back to Mandalore. Yeah, he talked to Bo-Katan about going to Mandalore. She told him where to go. Right, but in more ways than one. But <laughs> <laughs> um. That had that had nothing to do with him finding parts to IG-11. He left Grief, Karga, and Navarro to find parts for IG-11. Right. I thought he was right. heading to Tatooine. Because if anybody could find these parts, Pelimoto could find these parts. Or or her boyfriends can find exactly. the parts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where did, that's where he got Star. the shard from. Um, the shard that supposedly was from Mandalore. Yeah. Which yeah. he got him from Salvador. Right. Yeah, right. So I thought for sure he was going back to see her. And that's still wrong to think about that. Pelly and the Jawa. No. With that? She's short to start with. Yeah, but okay. Anyway, hey, you hey. know what Jawas look like under there. In the words of my 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 friend here, it works. Oh, <laughs> he had to go there. Digital <laughs> love. 
three. L three. I was trying to. I drew a blo- I drew a um, blank. It works. L three. It works. Digital love. Just digital love. Um. Final thoughts, guys. Um. Did um. Did either of you catch the actual runtime of the episode? Because it felt kind of short. It was like thirty. It was the shortest runtime of um, any of the Star Wars premieres of any of the shows so far. It was like thirty-three minutes. It was right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Hang on, I can bring it up on Disney Plus right over here. I, I swore it kind of felt longer. Yeah, runtime was like thirty-three minutes. I don't yeah, know. Why, it, I don't know why it, it felt longer. It didn't to me. It felt short. Yeah. Especially you get to the end of the Bo-Katan scene, which, like I said, for me, it felt like it was kind of shoehorned in there to start with. And then all of a sudden it's like the episode's over. I was like, but, uh, nothing else? You basically yeah. have three scenes. Right, yeah. You have the opening scene before the credits on whatever planet the, um, the Death Watch is at now. Then you get to go to Navarro, he gets a quest, and then he talks to Bo-Katan done. Yeah. 38 minutes according to this. But that, you got to remember, there's like six minutes of credits. Right. On this thing. Yes, there, there is. is though, yes, did you notice there's a new tab on Disney Plus under The Mandalorian? They now have a shop tab when you're going across the top with the episode suggestions. And actually, you, there's a, um, and on the computer, you go to Shop Disney, there's actually a whole section of Shop Disney with specials and deals for Mandalorian right now. And you go through the huh? Disney Plus app to get there. Hmm. If you do it on your TV, it shows a QR code. On the computer, which I just brought up, you actually have a link to go over to it. And it's actually a, a, um, a Mandalorian page on Shop Disney. Okay. Hmm. Oh, on Google, Google Grogu or Mandalorian and see what happens there. I'm going there now. I heard about that. I didn't do it yet. It's cute. It's very cute. Oh, huh. oh that's cool. It shows like a little version of Grogu in the bottom corner. Mm-hmm. Just keep watching. Oh, if you click on him, he messes with stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so awesome. I love how Google does those type of Easter eggs. So, uh, any other final thoughts, guys? Nope. Nope, I'm good. Uh, J7, if you would, please. You know, I stopped the star speeder with my face once. My forehead's all bondo. <sighs> Can't compete with that. Hey, remember, you can always do something like that Once. Once. I can fly once. Yeah. On that note. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> my